Before we get into today's episode, I have a quick message from my sponsor, Cloudways. Cloudways is a managed cloud hosting platform that simplifies your web hosting experience. The platform allows businesses to focus on their growth and have complete peace of mind with 24-7 support and flexibility to scale. Can we just say support is hugely important when it comes to hosting? And thanks to Cloudways, they are offering an exclusive discount for the Kim Doyle Show listeners. Visit cloudways.com and use the promo code KIM20 to get 20% off for two months on the hosting plan of your choice. All right, guys, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to F the Hustle. I'm your host, Kim Doyle. You want a life that is meaningful and exciting. In this podcast, we're going to talk about launching and growing an online business that fits your lifestyle. F the Hustle is all about doing good work, building real relationships, and most importantly, creating a business that supports how you want to live your life. You don't have to sacrifice the quality of your life today to create something that sets your soul on fire. And yes, that includes making a lot of money. So we'll be talking about selling, charging what you're worth, and how earning more means helping more people. My goal is to help you find freedom and create a business on your terms. Hey, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of F the Hustle with Kim Doyle, because this is now the third iteration of the podcast. <laughs> Kyle has been on with me with the WordPress Chick podcast, the Kim Doyle show, and I think I'm in my sweet spot at least for a few more years with F the Hustle with Kim Doyle. So that being said, my guest is my good friend, Kyle Van Dusen. Kyle, thanks so much for being here today. I am, I'm super excited to be here, and I'm just waiting for your next iteration so I can come back again. <laughs> Well, you'll, I'm sure you'll come back before there is another iteration at that point. I'm like, girl, I got like for myself talking to myself, girl, stick with like no more rebranding. Let's just, we're dialed. And we're I'm placing living. bets in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Place bets on the, ch- the, the, the change of the name or um, what course platform is Ken going <laughs> to jump on next week? <laughs> Anyway, um, all right. So let me. I'm going to kind of just do a little backstory with. Um, I'm not. I'm going to link to previous episodes with Kyle. You guys can listen to who he is and what he does. I'll let him do a quick little bio. We've gone much deeper into his business in previous episodes, but the reason I reached out to Kyle is because he responded to an email about time lotteries, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. So this is going to be much more of a free flow conversation. We're going to talk about thought management, mindset, running your business in a way that works for you. And we're going to just see where it goes. So for those who have not listened to you, Kyle, or have had that good fortune of our previous conversations, give a little background. Yeah, my name is Kyle Van Dusen. As you can probably hear from my accent, I am from Texas. So uh, forgive me for that. Uh, But I own a small agency here in Texas that I've had since 2017. Uh, About a year after I started that, I started an online community called the Admin Bar for web developers, freelancers, agency owners. And that has grown tremendously over over time. We're at about 5,000 members now. And at this point in my business, that's taken over to uh, kind of take up most of my time at this point. So uh, it was before the agency was full-time and the community was part-time. And now it's the community is full-time and the agency is getting a little bit more part-time. Uh, but yeah, as long as, it, as long as it has to do with web, I'm usually in the middle of it. Perfect. And he does have, Kyle is a believer in email and newsletters as well. He's got the Friday Chaser, which is a great newsletter. And I will link to that. You guys can and opt into that. And it's really based on the community. So if that is your sweet spot, make sure to jump into the community on Facebook, which I will link to as well. So let's just jump into this. And this is going to be, I feel like we're doing like our own little Dr. Phil Oprah session here or something <laughs> like who knows where that's going to go. <laughs> um. But so the email that I was referring to, guys, is I, I have this thing I call the time lottery. And that is that every single time an appointment's canceled, I feel like I have won the time lottery. And the funny thing is, I love everybody I talk to. I really do. I don't have, I don't have calls or interviews. I, I just, I don't have people in my life. I've worked very hard to get to this point. What did my therapist say? She's like, you've done a good job weeding your garden. And I have. But yet, even though... I like these people. I like the, the, the topics, the calls. It feels like a time lottery every time something's canceled. Even social stuff, you guys. like. And I always have a great time when I go, but when social things get canceled, I'm like, sweet. And let me just remind you, my life is me and my dogs at this stage, right? Like I've raised my kids. I'm on my own. 
there's not a whole lot of demand for my time. I live in another country. None of my family's like, hey, can you do this for me? So anyways, I would love to hear, Kyle, why that resonated with you. You emailed me back, but like, what about that spoke to you? Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing is, you know, we have so we put so much on our plate and then we have constant demands on our time, right? So we have social media sending us notifications. We have emails coming in. There's like a nonstop, endless, uh, sometimes feels like a fire hose shooting at us of like demands on our time. So, you know, I'll look at my days and go, okay, well, I got this meeting, this meeting. I need to get these things done and those things done. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do really well to even come close to getting all this accomplished. So it's, if one of those things falls off, it's like such relief that, Hey, now I can, you know, have a moment to breathe or like maybe have lunch today. That would be cool. Cause there's, there's some days I forget to do that, you know? So even though, like you said, it's, I enjoy all the commitments. I wouldn't put myself into commitments. I didn't enjoy at this point. And I think that's a luxury mm-hmm. you and I both share is like, Thankfully, we've gotten to a place in our business where we don't have to do all the things we wish we weren't doing. But even still then, Mm -hmm. it's really nice sometimes to just be able to take a second and breathe and go, okay, well, all those things I had to do, I thought I had to do today, I can actually uh, catch my breath for a moment. Now, I usually end up just filling that with more stuff. I don't think it, uh, (laughs) I don't think I ever just sit back and put my feet up or anything when that happens, but it does feel like, you know, a big relief. I imagine if it happened every day, it wouldn't feel that way. But every now and then it's, it's like Christmas morning. It is. And so it's kind of a testament to the state of the world we live in. Right. And I remember when I was pre starting my business and I was working full time, raising my kids by myself, literally it'd be like, you know, up to an alarm between five and six, get myself ready, get the kids ready, get them dropped off at school and daycare, go to work for the whole day, pick them up. Then if there wasn't a sports activity, it was like, okay, let's go to Costco. You guys want pizza and yogurt for dinner? Sweet. Let's go to Costco. We got to get that done tonight. Right. And then I'd go home and I'd put them to bed and I'm like, I'm going to shampoo the carpets. It's like I thrived on being as absolutely productive as I could. And the fun, because I got a lot of acknowledgement for that. People are like, how do you do that? And I'm like, it it was kind of innate, right? In my nature. And um, my therapist has told me this before, like, especially specifically with women, men are much more wired externally, women are internally. And she said, you know, you start hitting midlife and women's natural pace is medium to slow. And it's a gift. Like I friggin' love that I can nap, that I can, I don't set alarms, all of those things. And it's an interesting transition also when your business starts getting to that place where you're like, I don't have to take this call. I don't have to take this client. I can say no to this. And you approach it a lot differently. And, you know, and so I think there's one, I almost think it's like a, I don't say a newbie tax, but when you're new, mm. you don't know what you don't know. Right. And you, there's, there's fear involved with, if I say no to this, or if I say no to that, will the opportunity come up? And so I don't know, what are your thoughts on growing as a business owner and having, you know, the time lottery means so much? Yeah. And it's funny you brought up like the kids stuff too. I think if if you have kids, but you can't relate this conversation quite to your business yet, imagine when uh, it starts to rain and the kids game or their practice is called off. That relief feeling, that's the same one, right? <laughs> like, yes, I don't have to go take them to that now. Uh, yeah. So it's it's weird in your business because especially as you start, like the last thing you'd want then is for things to not go through the right way or for you to not feel like you're maximizing every minute of the day, you know, because you're in that hustle, grow, you know, all those kinds of things. So it's, it's a weird shift when you, when you can afford those kinds of things. And I don't mean just afford in like monetary value. I can afford to not do this today, but like you just don't have to push your business that hard in order to still be successful. And it it wasn't like something I knew was going to happen and I was trying to strive for or go towards. Uh, but being able to like realize that now at this point, it's, it is a huge relief, uh, even though it just brings different kinds of pressures, right? Because you, you miss two or three of those things or several of those uh, canceled meetings or whatever happened back to back. And then you go back into that mindset of like, is this, you know, Will I ever go back to being busy again? Is this all over? Has the am I waking up from the dream I was having? You know, so I think that's the the mm-hmm. roller coaster of being self employed, and uh, that doomsday scenario thing that always has to run through your mind. It does. And what do you think about? Uh, and, and again, maybe it's it's 
it's experience and age that happens with it. But so I, I don't know what I was reading. I'm, I read a ridiculous amount, which is probably why like I can't get through a book because at night I, I, I put prop my iPad next thing and I wait, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, it's propped. I got two pages read. But um, is, you know, it's, it's kind of um, the more I trust myself and the easier I am and the more white space I fill in my life, though, there is just it flows. It there's there's something about you know when you, when you feel like and it's not even the cancellations, but it's about having that white space. So like I was saying to people, so I got Omicron or whatever in January, and it was such a delicious taste of white space because I just canceled mm. everything for two weeks. I, I I couldn't right the second week I was feeling way better, but it was like by one o'clock I'd get really tired and I'm like I gotta go to bed and it was like I shouldn't care, I didn't care right. So you sort of earn your way there. But I think the other piece is that a lot of what you were doing is you were growing the admin bar, you were having fun. And you were like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to have fun. You showed up with integrity, you connected, you created value. And it sort of took a life of its own on, right? And so I think there's a piece of I think people get into business. I feel like I'm all over the place. I'm probably too caffeinated today, but welcome to life with me, Kyle. So <laughs> conversation is people get into business and they expect it to be comfortable or they expect it to not have to not to not struggle, but it's sort of like they assume something's wrong when things don't work instead of it being a part of the process, right? And so as you grew the admin bar, because you didn't launch that right with a this is my end goal right yeah. when you launched it what was the intention yeah so there there was basically no monetary incentive i didn't i didn't ever figure that was like part of my business that wasn't the idea so i connected with uh, another web developer named matt uh in a weird situation but we hit it off and we had very similar agencies and we were kind of in the same place in our agency right fairly new, growing, getting our feet under us. Uh, and what we realized was the kind of the trajectory of our businesses both took off when we started talking more. And it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily coincidence. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that we had somebody else to bounce ideas off of, learn from, get advice from, uh, hold each other accountable, like all those things you, you need in your business, especially when you're doing it completely solo that you don't have. Right. So the idea with launching the community was, well, if this worked for me and you, there's probably thousands of other people out here in that same situation that don't have somebody. Right. So I wonder if we could create a space mm -hmm. where we could do this publicly, we could help people connect with each other and all that. So it was never, you know, some kind of a business plan going into it. Right. And it just ended yeah. up being so much fun and working so well and uh, opportunities arose that made it part of my business um, that, mm -hmm. you know, it got to the point for me where I was working a full-time job in the agency and working a full-time job in the admin bar. Right. So it was two full-time jobs and it, something had to give, you know, so thankfully I've, I've gotten to a place where financially, the admin bar can help support me where I can focus more time on it and build some white space into it. You know, uh, I think, I think that's mm -hmm. one of the hard things that when you're starting, you might not realize is you, you work every second of the day and you fill every second of the day because it takes that much to pay for whatever your lifestyle is. Right. And as you get better at mm -hmm. what you're doing or figure out what you're doing or put the right systems into place, uh, you can build more profit into your business and live that same lifestyle without working the same amount of uh, time, yep. effort, energy, all those things. Uh, so, you know, I think when you're starting out, you might be thinking of like that profit margin part of it being like, okay, well, then I'll just keep working at the same pace and make twice as much, uh, which is probably what I thought <laughs> as well, too. Um, but I think <clears throat> there's so much more reward in the fact that, okay, I could slow down a little bit and still have what I what I need and enjoy you know, most of the minutes My of the life. day, we'll say. Right, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not every moment of the well, day, but most of them. Right, and you know, it's like I still, to this day, like, I can see the beach from here. Ask me the last time I went to the beach. It was probably like two <laughs> weeks ago. Because, and it's fun. I, I was in the pool last Saturday, but it was funny because it took the power going out. And I was thinking last weekend, like, I'll get some pool time in. But I have a tendency, and I have very few clients things that I do anymore. It's sort of on a, if it comes and I want to work with the person, I'll do it. And now it's writing 
it's copy and email writing and stuff. And so it, it, it's funny because like, then I go into the weekends because I'm like, Ooh, nobody knows I'm working. It's how it feels. Right. Right. So there's like this sort of, but I'm like, this is going to cause massive burnout. So I really, I'm trying to like, even to this day, reframe. I'm not going to work on the weekends. If I do, kudos, but I'm not working on the weekends, but it took the power going out for me to be like, well, I guess we're going down to the pool. <laughs> right. And by we, I mean, me and the dogs, they go hang out. Right. So, and I was down there and then I went to a barbecue that afternoon when, and I was like, I felt phenomenal come Monday, right? Sunday, I took it eat. Like I love Sundays just to do whatever the hell I want, you know, but it's, it's, there's still this mindset sometimes like for me to go to, it's called Price Mart. It's owned by Costco down here. And you literally could probably put Price Mart in the back corner of Costco, mm, but I'll take yeah. it. And there's a Walmart. It's like an hour away though. I keep thinking, oh, I should go and I should go at night, like get it done. Like that way I don't, because I don't want to take a day right. to go because it's a kind of a trick. Mind you, you don't want to see the roads at night here. They can, I literally have to drive through like a little river, right? <laughs> I, I should do that. Although it's probably dry at this point in the season, but the whole thing is there's, it's, it's really still, I think there's a fluidity that you have to allow for yourself to get in the mindset of what do I want my life to look like? And how would I want to feel about this? And like, anytime I work with a coaching client or like I'm working on a project, here's an example. And this might help us pivot to the mindset piece is like, I was going to launch a community. I, I was talking about it. I worked with the coach for six months. I really dove deep into sort of the success journey of people. And, and I think my audience tends to be uh, their service providers. They've got a business, they understand the digital marketing space, but they're stuck in the leverage piece, right? And now that I'm doing email marketing, it's like, how do I do that for this? Because I have clients. And so, um, but they're really looking for um, that leverage piece. And so, you know, I think there is, um, I totally lost my train of thought mid-sentence. What was I saying initially? What were we talking about? For the love of God. <laughs> you were you were transitioning into the mindset part of this conversation. Uh after talking about taking some time uh, away and kind of forcing yourself into time off. Kyle's all, Glad. are you sure you're healed from COVID? Like, yeah. what? That's all right. <laughs> I know the brain fog. Awesome. Um, thank you. You know, but so it, it's just sort of that, like, reframing how I think about things. And, and so, like, I have this exercise. I don't know if you've ever read it. I, I don't know if I think I've done a podcast, but it's the what if exercise. And I literally did two full pages in a journal one time. I'm like, what if, right? And the whole thing is they have to be what if up statements. So what if I could earn more and work less? What if I only had projects that got me excited? What if I could learn email marketing and automate some sales? What if, right? So as as I start doing this, because it's like, well, what if, like, I won't go super sideways with esoteric thoughts here, but January, I was sick. I was out for a couple of weeks. I had a friend here. I still brought in $11,000 that had nothing to do with my efforts at all. Yeah, and your time. One had no, two, right. six of that had nothing to do with business or time at all. It was, they were like gifts. I'm not kidding you. It's nutty. And then one was a podcast sponsorship. And I'm like, sweet. So, right. And when I stay, and I know this is a little bit more like my belief system and whatnot, but I, I gave myself the grace to, to spend time with my friend who was here. I gave myself the space to heal. I didn't stress over it. And there was so much clarity that happened. And I think people miss that. And so there is a mindset reframe that has to happen because the other piece of this, so this is sort of a twofold, Kyle, but you're younger, so you're going to follow me. I know it, is you see people with online businesses and I think there is this level of they understand enough to talk about it and sell it, but they don't understand the deep strategy behind some of it. And that's where I feel like a hamster wheel starts happening. You know, so as an example, there's somebody I know down here who has like a podcast production company and uh, was selling that. But, oh, we're going to sell SEO and then outsource. It. Oh, we're going to sell this. And, oh, yeah, I can do Google YouTube ads. I'm like, the hell you can. Like, you don't just decide to watch a YouTube video on how to do YouTube ads. And A, that is so out of integrity because you're spending someone else's money is how I look at yeah. that. But B, 
there is deeper work involved. And when you get rid of all of the extraneous, I got to learn this and I got to know this. And I can talk about this because the lay person who's got an offline business, let's say, or, you know, I don't know, a, a food truck, right? They're running their business. So they're trusting you as the expert to be able to do the good work. And so there's a fear, my point back to the mindset of that's a fear mentality. I have to be able to sell and make money instead of if you take the time to go deeper, if you take the time to do better work, if you take the time to sit and look at how do I want my life to look like? That's what I was talking about, the community. (laughs) Remember full circle, I was going to launch a community. (laughs) You knew what you were doing the whole time. I meant to do that. I meant to do that. <laughs> um, remember Stuart, Matt TV? I meant to do that. Anyways, so, <laughs> but I was, I had been working on that for months and the thought of it, Kyle, I was like, this is not going to fit into my lifestyle. I, I don't have, I, this is not the bandwidth I want. And so I pivoted to, I'm going to go all in and upscale email insiders. I ran cohorts. I'm like, I like the, the smaller engagement. And it was a belief system that a community had to a take up that much time because it's up to how you structure it. Sure. But B, it was just like, I, I don't want to be on demand. I feel like I've been on demand for a lot of my life and I don't want to be. So um, I think there's just a lot of reframing and, and belief systems and thoughts that go into it. So I would just love for you to run with anything <laughs> that I just said, if you could follow it. Well, I'll, I'll say two two things came to mind for sure. So one is, you know, you needed the power to go out to uh, take that moment to take some time off, right? I think one thing that I've been super yeah. lucky is, yeah, I work from home, and my wife has she has her own business, so she she doesn't work from home, but she does sometimes. You know, she's she's home a lot, and we have a, a three year old, we have two other kids, um, so. If it were just me left to my own devices, I would probably sit behind this computer like 24 hours a day and just work, you know? So I have the accountability mm-hmm. built in of like the family would uh, drag me out and wring my neck if I didn't come out of this office and uh, have some time away from work. So that's super helpful for me. That's kind of like my power going off, right? Which probably isn't too far from them actually coming in here and turning the power <laughs> off. Um, but the other thing that you that you brought up on the mindset part is, you know, I've I've... I've like most people who do work online, you try a bunch of different things, right? You you try doing SEO and YouTube ads or whatever it may be, whatever you think might get you, you know, to that next level, that next step. And I think about all the things that I've tried that never turned out the way I wanted to. And it was, I, I was trying to think of a single case where this wasn't true, but it was always where I was like, okay, I could go do this to make the money I need. Or uh, there's probably yes. a lot of money in X. Right. But then I think about Mm -hmm. the things that have actually turned out successful and really ended up making me the most money. It was like, man, there's a real problem here. I wonder how I could help solve this problem. Right. And then you work through what all those solutions might be. And eventually it turns into something that's actually a big part of your business. So for, uh, you know, you like to talk about email, obviously. So I'm not Mm -hmm. like a newsletter person. I think email is awesome. I'm not trying to build like a huge list or anything like that. But inside of our community, there's 25 to 30 posts per day. And then there's, you know, 20 to 30 comments per post. There's a lot of content being generated in there. And unfortunately, we've built our community inside of Facebook, which a lot of people are running away from or trying to spend less time on at least, right? Uh, so yeah. one of the complaints people had in the community was there is so much good here that, and I can't spend all day on Facebook. I'm missing stuff that I wish I wasn't missing. <clears throat> so I looked at this, okay, how do I solve this problem is, these people want this information, but they don't want to be on Facebook all day. They also don't need to see all the, you know, not junk posts, but like, hey, I need help with connecting X with Y. They probably don't care about that. But there is good content people are sharing in there all the time. So it's like, you know, what if I did a recap every week of like the best posts from the group and send it out as a newsletter mm-hmm. to everybody? That way they don't have to be glued to Facebook, uh, but they can, you know, get it all delivered to them. They can go through what they want. They'd have like a little recap of each post, like why this would be important to read. And then they can choose what they want. And it was a success from day one in the terms that it solved that problem. Now, because it solved that problem and because people enjoyed it, well, then, you know, it grew to a little bit more and a little bit more than I had people asking, Hey, can you share my XYZ plugin? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I'm like, bingo, I could sell these spots because there's obviously demand for it. Right. So I started selling sponsorship mm-hmm. spots in it. So I'm not charging tons <clears throat> of money for it. I couldn't live off my newsletter. Uh, you know, it might bring in, 
$5,000 over the course of a year, which isn't insignificant, but it's obviously not something I can live off of, but it's literally Well, it's also not like a one-time five grand, right? So Sure, yeah. It, but it's 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 literally me being paid for something I would have done regardless. Like whether I was getting paid or not, I was going to send out this newsletter because it was a huge benefit to the community. I'm really getting paid in this is satisfying a problem inside my community. But then to actually get paid for it as well feels like a huge bonus, you know. So I think mm-hmm. because I went into that in a way that was just me looking to solve a problem, it ended up being a whole lot better. Another example of that is. Uh, you know, you talked about starting community. So um, one thing that's been great inside the admin bar is us helping each other out, share ideas, all that kind of stuff. But it is 5,000 people in a room talking. So it's not a very intimate situation. It's not like you have people that are there to follow up on things with you. Uh, and that accountability part of it is so huge if you want to grow, you know. So um, mm-hmm. I kicked around this idea of starting essentially mastermind groups, although I find that term kind of gross, so we don't call it that. Uh, But it's small uh, groups of eight agency owners. We meet weekly. We do some uh, accountability exercises throughout the week. We do some like monthly get togethers with all the different groups and this and that. And that was really, again, to solve a problem that we had in the community is, you know, there's lots of ideas, but there's no like through line uh, through all this mm-hmm. advice, there's no storyline to connect everything. There's nobody there to hold you accountable and make sure you do it. We read 500 books and then we implement nothing. So this helps kind of yeah. solve that problem. And as I put those together and obviously put a price on it, now I have five of those groups running and that accounts for the biggest chunk of income I have in my business. And again, it wasn't like, mm-hmm. how could I sell something to make the most money in my business? And it was literally, how do I solve this problem? And then the money showed up after that. You know, it made itself apparent. I, you know what? That is exact. That is verbatim almost what has happened to me. It's when I do, I've done something. Uh, when I launched my podcast, it was 2013 is when I started that. It blew up. And I only did it because I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I was like literally the cassette tape book person in the car and it was all Napoleon Hill and motivational, all that kind of stuff. Right. But so I love audio. And so I was a podcast listener and I'm like, I I'm tired of being behind the screen so much. And I'm like, I want to do a podcast and like, I like video. I just don't want to have to get ready all the time. And women are just going to be different about that. So I was like, I'm going to do a podcast, blew up my business relationships, connections, People reached out to me for coaching because they connected with me through listening to me. And I was like, that was really crazy. Same thing happened with email marketing and even the content creators planner. Email marketing, I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I let go of how it was going to work, but I'm like, I'm going to commit to my daily emails. And it was like, from there, it's it's just been this, this evolution, this process. Every single time I thought, I'm going to put an offer out because it makes money. It doesn't. It doesn't. And that doesn't mean... Like I'm at a point now, I think in my business and I have enough of a relationship with my audience that I can send an email and make money, but they have to be in alignment, right? The the integrity has to be there with what I'm doing, what I'm offering. It solves a problem for them, you know? And so to your point, like, you know, I really think it is, it's hard though to tell some, it's not hard to tell someone, it's hard to hear, what do you love doing? Go have fun. You need, they've got bills to pay, right? And so there is this idea of, like, I have a friend that has um, kind of like, she's talked about an agency before and she just had a ton of referrals coming in. And so now she's got a project manager and this. At the same time, she's always wanted maybe affiliate sites running or a course or something, you know, and she's been doing this a long time. And I'm like, what if you reframe it? And what if the agency for now is just cash flow? right? Because you can't do anything well or creatively with the money monkey on your back. I just, I, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's rare to find the person who has money is tight or money is a struggle or money is a challenge that can really show up and, and trust. It's a real process, right? There's a, there's a whole lot of thought management that has to go into that. So what are your thoughts on that in terms of can you do something to make the money while just saying, I'm going to go have fun. This feels right. I'm being called to do this. Like F the hustle. I came up with that name like in 2015. I just didn't, I just, I'm like, cause I was sick of it. Right? right. And I was like, whatever, didn't do anything with it. Newsletters started making a comeback. I have slowly just fallen in love with writing. I never thought I would be 
teaching email. I'm not probably ever going to teach copy, but I feel really good that I can do it. And it was just one of those. I'm like, oh my God, it was, I logged into Dropbox, an old file. And I saw the F the Hustle logo. I'm all, oh my God, that's a newsletter. It was just, it. it was like this divine moment. I'm like, done, done. And it resonates with a lot of people. And so it also came from that place. Right. And so when I launched email insiders last year, Kyle, it was an idea. I'm like, I want to, where do people struggle? I put an email out. I said, 10 people, two months, boom, outsold it. Easiest thing I have ever sold in my entire life because I believe in this and really wanted to connect with people. So, you know, what are, what are your thoughts or advice, anything on somebody who says, that's great, but I don't know what I love, or I don't have a passion and I have to pay the bills. Yeah. So I, I will say, I think both of us are speaking from like a place of privilege that we've been able to do these things because that mm -hmm. money monkey wasn't on our back. So I realize that's not the case for everybody out there. And it certainly wasn't the case for me this whole time either. It's been to get to that mm -hmm. point, you know, so I, I don't want anybody to think that that just happens for some people and doesn't for other. Yeah. So my, my, you know, I, I've always enjoyed my agency work. I still enjoy my agency work. Sometimes clients are challenging. Sometimes doing client work is uh, kind of hard, you know, and I've realized mm -hmm. that more over time that while I like building websites and I like talking shop and all these things that have to do with web, I don't absolutely just love helping clients. Like I like to help people. I like when they succeed. I can do these things. I get paid nicely for it, but it's not, you know, if I won the lottery, I wouldn't be signing up new clients. Right. So you know, for me with, with the admin bar, it was always, when it started, it was just like, okay, let me finish up all my agency work so I can go do some stuff in here, uh, for fun, you know? So it was really the agency funded all the growth of that because while we weren't putting money into it, we were putting tons of time into it, which, uh, is mm -hmm. a, a more finite resource than the money is. So for, for me, it was like, you know, what, what makes you excited to work on things? What sounds like fun? What what would you do even if you know, if if all the money was taken care of, if you won the lottery, what would you wake up and do? You know, and I've I've wrote about that mm -hmm. as well in in our newsletter like, what would you do if you won the lottery? Cuz I don't think many people would lay by the beach every day forever. Like that gets old pretty quick. You have to have some kind of like purpose and thing, you know, keeping you moving. So We like to feel that, useful, right? We, we do. Yeah, yeah. Mhm. Mm yeah, so that's how I would look at it. Now, you know, that that wasn't immediately clear to me and it wasn't the the admin bar wasn't like the answer of me asking that question to myself, just like uh, you know, you found in Dropbox the F the hustle logo and realized, "Oh, okay, all these things go together now, it makes sense." That's how it <laughs> happened with the admin bar too for me was just like, okay, uh the the story kind of told itself eventually. I just had to keep digging into it, you know? Um, so yeah. I think that that's probably a huge part of it. Uh, and just, you know, you talked about being able to send offers out. And I think, I think back to offers I've made that have been total busts uh, or failures or embarrassing. And <clears> it was <throat> kind of that same thing. Like I felt gross about sending this offer out. I didn't feel completely comfortable in it, but I needed to make the money off of it. So I did it anyways, mm -hmm. you know, and man, that is such an awful feeling like hitting send when you know, like this feels kind of gross. This feels a little icky. You know, I don't feel mm -hmm. really strong about this. And man, can people tell immediately? You might as well just write in the email. Yeah. This is a total scam because they know immediately yeah. when they start reading it. And I think, you know, that's something that I need to pay my bills. Buy from me. <laughs> right, right. It's the end of the month. Um, yeah, I think, you know, so that's something that's always inspired me following you from back in the word, the WordPress chick days through now, you know, through different things. And I've always followed along is it's, it's always authentic. It's always uh, transparent. Um, you know, you, you say you're not going to teach uh, copywriting, but you've become such a fantastic writer because you're just saying the things like you think them, you know, and that's how I approach things mm -hmm. too, uh, is just, you know, being real with everything makes things a lot easier for people to understand people to want to, uh, hold on to, or be a part of, you know, if you're just authentic about it, mm -hmm. the warts, all those things, you know, so finding something like that for yourself is I think a, a really good starting place. That is brilliant, Kyle. And I think like one of the takeaways I heard from that is 
I, I live by this and it's you get clarity by doing the work. And, you know, like, so it's just showing up to the admin bar or saying, I'm going to podcast because I want to have some fun and, or I want, I'm, I'm going to write for me, whatever happens is going to happen. And so you're not going to get good at writing without writing. You're not right. going to get good at websites without building websites. And I, I just wish I could tell people to just freaking take a deep breath and relax, right? Relax about stuff because we have so much information coming at us at the same time. There's a lot of beliefs and perceptions from people who haven't actually tried the thing. So here's an example, like where you're saying, you know, stuff that makes you feel icky. And, uh, you know, the example I love to give is Russell Brunson. People love him or hate him, whatever, but I'm like, he knows what he's doing. He's built a hundred million dollar a year business he loves marketing. He loves doing that. And so for me, like with copy, it was not easy, not just to do the work, because a lot of times you can write a sentence or you write a headline. It's like, what does that mean? What's the result? What's it? And it's such an annoying question to have thrown back at you when you're like, but I'm clear. It's like, no, you're not. And so, but, but I look at him and I think, okay, I don't have to like every strategy or every model or whatever, but there's something here. And so it was, it literally, when I decided it was not that long ago to go to really pivot to email marketing is because I bought Ramit Sethi of, I will teach you to be rich. And if you don't know him, that sounds smarmy. It's literally a finance book. You guys, that's, that's what he talks about being smart with the right banks and interests and and like, it's, it's not anyways, but he calls out big banks and stuff too, which I love, but he has a digital marketing company and they've got products. And so I bought his breakthrough launch product because I was tired of product launch formula by Jeff Walker. He's a, I don't know him personally, seems like a good guy. There's nothing wrong with it. But when you're in this space, it's like, oh my God, here comes a product launch. Here comes a product yeah. launch kind of thing. Right. And it's, it again, for people, you, not everybody's got the same awareness level. And I understand that. But so I'm on Ramit's list and list and they had emailed asking about launches and I responded back. I'm like, I think it's tired. I think the internet marketing launch of this is tired. And again, it's probably not tired for people in, you know, the hairdressing industry who are right. trying to sell products or t- right, but in our space it feels tired. We're hyper aware and of so, it. So right, exactly. And and so I responded I'm like I think it's tired and so we went back and forth, right, for a little bit and they said, "Hey, would you want to go through a Google Doc that's the first module of something we're working on?" I was like, "Absolutely." And I don't know if I fell off. They sent me another one. I kind of fell off. But then I didn't see Breakthrough Launch come out for like a year. And I was like, I know how long these guys have been working on this. This is amazing. And so I bought it like at an entry level. And it was still probably over $2,000. And I knew I wasn't going to touch it for like a year. But I'm like, I'm going to get this now. The price will go up. And it was, I just diligently, we all buy courses we touch and don't touch, whatever. But I all of the emails and it was his video explaining the psychology behind why this message speaks to somebody, why this type of a hook or why this, you know, and, and I thought, Oh, this feels really different than just trying to write words that get people to buy. Right. Cause you're connecting with your buyer on a different level. And I was like, okay, it wasn't a huge, but I'm like eight emails, seven grand. I will do that all day long. Right. And I was like, Oh my God. But I cannot begin to tell you how uncomfortable I was on the cart closing today. Today's last day in the morning, five o'clock, cart closes, eight o'clock, you've got three hours. And it wasn't that direct. And mm-hmm. it, the, the whole the whole process really built on it. And there was trust and you know the whole thing. But I just thought, oh my God, like we get in our own way because we decide something is bro marketing, like coming back to Russell Brunson. You don't have to buy his stuff. You don't have to want to touch ClickFunnels. But if you pay attention. He knows what he's doing. You know, it's, it's kind of like Ben Settle. I've talked about him a lot, but he's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. We have very different political beliefs. He's a little bit, uh, I'm not going to call him out because I think he's a smart writer and stuff, but there's a lot of things he says where I'm like, ew, like I feel a little icky, but he's built a very successful business with email and, uh, email players and daily emails. And so we get in our own way based on what we're thinking. We've got a belief about something and we get too many people look for reasons to be offended. So that's one, but two, is there something, I feel like I just talked to you, Kyle, I'm sorry for like 10 minutes, but 
Is there, you know, in listening to all of this, the thought management, have you seen maybe growth for yourself where you wouldn't have done something before and it was learning a process or trying it and testing it? I just want people to get comfortable with the discomfort while you're growing. You you uh, nailed this. I wrote something down when you started talking that I wanted to get to, and you circled right back to it and teed it up for me. But it starts with a question for you. Do you feel like you're you would describe yourself as like a perfectionist, somebody that feels like they have to get everything right? No, I don't either. Right. So I I realize <laughs> everything I do is going to be flawed. That's fine. I really I fire care. a name. I totally fire a name, and then yeah, I'm very public absolutely. about that. Didn't work. Absolutely. And I think that in, in the kind of business you run, the kind of business I run, I think that is such an advantageous like mindset to have is because you're not a, like, I don't want to fail. Like when I try something new, I don't want it to fail, but if it does, I'm kind of like, eh, well, I'll probably learn something from that. This might not work, but I'm going to try it anyways, because <laughs> everything is, is content. Yeah, everything is content, right? Uh, and I say that to myself quite a bit too. Um, but so that doesn't bother me. But I do see so many people that feel like, okay, well, you know, I, I can't even start sending out this newsletter until I have the right opt-in form and then the right, uh, you know, initial sequence. And well, the email is not designed correctly. And I don't know how I'm going to tag people in here. And it's like, oh my God, just make a decision and do something. Like just... Put something out there and then yeah. figure all that yeah. stuff out. Like you said, fire aim, you know, just <clears throat> go out there and try it. And ev you can plan something to death. You could plan something for six years. And then as soon as rubber hits the road, it's all going out the window anyways. Everything's going to change. Ow! So were you, you in the live stream well I did one time? I'm sorry, where, where my son came in, I'm doing a live stream. The gardener wanted payment and I'm... And I'm like, I'm on a call. And he takes a washcloth and he throws it over the camera. And I'm all, oh my God. This is oh my gosh. But shit happens, right? Best laid plans. Yeah. And I and I taped signs on the door, right? But like best laid plans. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I did I, I missed that, but that's a fear that will happen to me. My office is like right in front of the house. So when the kids come in and out. They're walking right by me constantly. So I'm always afraid I'm going to have that uh, situation happen, but it hasn't happened yet. Knock on wood. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I try to remind myself, even if I am scared of like this, not this thing, not working out, it's like, what is the worst thing that can happen? Like, is somebody going to start a thread somewhere that makes fun of me for this not working? Eh, that's not really that bad. You know, like what is literally the worst thing that can happen? And none of those scenarios are that bad. And you know, after you do this a few times, you realize, no, obviously you don't want to have no plans at all, but no matter how much plans you planning you do, things going to change, your direction's going to change, your strategy is going to change, all that. So you might as well start collecting that data and figuring those things out as soon as possible. And the only way to do that is to like not be afraid to fail, go out and try it. And you'll learn way more that way than you will listening to anybody talking about it, reading books, joining courses, all that that life experience part of it is just, is such a better teacher, you know? It is. And, you know, it's funny because it's like, I've gotten to a point and I think when I was talking about the newbie tax earlier, I think we buy products and courses and all those things as we're trying to get clear and we're trying to figure it out. So if you're in that stage, let go of the judgment. I think we've all done it. We all do it. And as you get better and as you do better work and as you figure stuff out, you real like you don't have the time for it. Like I just made a huge investment in my business and and I'll talk more about it later, but I'm ready. Like I have gotten so crystal clear and I do the work. So I'm not worried about it and I know where I'm going, but it wasn't a oh, I'm gonna go try, maybe I should get into Instagram marketing, whatever. It's all it's it's super, super focused and stuff. One thing I wanted to ask you is do you do anything or do you have things that are part of your life and your lifestyle that help you manage your thoughts or, and I can give you examples, but you know, like I found Joe Dispenza and I love him and I, it's to me, I don't, if, do you know his story? I don't. I'll, I'll be really quick. Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's a big, huge author, speaker, whatever. He was a chiropractor in La Jolla, California and was out on biking one day and got hit by a truck and got hit and he was in traction in a hospital and they wanted to do surgery on his back. And they said, but you may never walk again. There's a 50, 50 chance. He said, I'm going to heal myself. 
And he said, you know, he's laying there and he said, it took him about four weeks to get his mind right. And he said, if I can do this, I'm going to commit the rest of my life to understanding, you know, neurology and, and how the body works and, and, and the power of the mind of the brain. And he laid there. I mean, he's fascinating to listen to. You can just Google interviews. Lewis Howes has had him on a couple of times. And so he literally pictured over and over and over. as a chiropractor, he knew exactly what his spine should have looked like and whatnot. And to this day, he's healthy. He walked out of the hospital. And so like, it gives me goosebumps, right? And that's a real short story. But when you look at the fact that our minds control so much of how we feel about things and I catch myself you, and I joke, you guys, my friends call me, what about Bob? Have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm all, oh yeah. I'm, I'm like, Bob has nothing on me. Like my therapist has property down in Costa Rica, right? So <laughs> now I get to hang out with her and stuff. And so she's retired. She's kind of like a mentor now, but I'm constantly coming back to manage my thoughts, manage my thoughts. And I'll catch myself thinking something and I'm like, this isn't serving you. This isn't serving you, you know? And a little example, like Thanksgiving, I was down here. It was the first time ever I've been away from family on any family. And it was also my mom's birthday. She passed away two and a half years ago. And I was so sad. And I was like, I'm just going to feel the feelings. I'm just going to cry. I'm going to climb in bed. And like we did a, a video, right, for my mom's service. And it was like, I almost went and watched it. I'm like, Kim, what are you doing? You're literally pouring salt on a one. Just be here. Don't don't look for stories to to explain. Well, you better leave Costa Rica and you better do that, right? I was like, I was so conscious of not letting myself go down this hole. So like I read and meditate and do stuff, but I'm wondering, are you coming from that conscious place? Is there anything you do in your life that helps you kind of keep your mindset right? And men and women are very different. So I'm really curious sure, about this. Sure. So it's funny. I think me and you are similar in a lot of ways. Um probably because I follow you around and then emulate you. So uh, take that as a compliment for anything good I've done and, Thank and you. not as for any of the bad things I've done. Um, but <laughs> this one, I would say completely different. I have almost no introspection at all. Uh, I don't overthink anything. I don't, you know, uh, connect dots where dots shouldn't be connected. It's just not in my personality. I'm very, I don't know, fact-based, get to the point, you know. Uh, but I will say it, it helps that I'm married to a therapist. So uh, I probably Hell get yeah. more out of that than, than, uh, than I realize is, um, you know, I, I have one of those built in, like at home all the time. So uh, I, you know, I, I can vouch for the importance of that for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm just not a, uh, I'm not an, I'm not an overthinker. I'm not a draw conclusions type person. So uh, I think that's just probably more my personality than anything. I have to tell you a joke and then I have another point. I sent this actually to my therapist and, and it was one of those like tweet thread kind of things. And it said, you know, and it's me. What if the therapist says, don't me, but what if right. the therapist says nothing? What if everyone else is underthinking? <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Yeah. What about, what about I, that? Right. <laughs> I'm definitely underthinking. So, but, uh, I will say, uh, I do appreciate how much you've been open about therapy and stuff because there's so much stigma in the mental health industry. Uh, so it's awesome to see when people mm-hmm. are willing to talk about those things because <clears throat> it helps everyone. So soapbox moment. Over. Well, and can I tell you, like I, I found my therapist when I lost my husband at 32 car accident, right? I went in and I don't have any recollection of this, but I trust her that I went in there and I was like, all right, I'm just here for grief counseling. I'm not any, I'm not doing any of that therapy childhood shit. Like I was just like, and I was like, really, really? But I I have always, there's something fascinating to me about, oh, I can think a different thought and I can change the trajectory of my life. Or so it's kind of like, and that was the magic. Like I love, I do love connecting dots. And so when I realized all right, so I can change this sentence and I can make more money. Like that's where copy became fun, right? It became not laborious really from that perspective. Um, yeah, because really, Kyle, I was much more ways. like you. Pardon me? Yeah, I said uh, therapists are magicians in some ways like that. Just being able to make you think about something a little bit differently that changes everything. Like just the perspective you're looking at something changes everything. 
Yeah. So, sometimes, so, so do sometimes you have, it is easier to be like, you don't think anything, uh, overthink anything, but obviously that comes with its flaws too, because I also, I often don't plan things out well enough or imagine, uh, further, far enough down the road, you know, so there's drawbacks to that as well. And as I think to your point, like innate personalities, right? Like the st- it would, it's rare that I, I, everything I listen to on audio is like, I've got a real spiritual side, not religious, but very spiritual side or business. Like I'm constantly putting that stuff in my head. It just fuels me, you know? And at the same time, like meditation where I've gotten much more patient as I've gotten older, but it's not a strong suit. But I know that if I take five to 10 minutes and start my day with a meditation, it keeps me from being reactive. And the other, the magic of, of, for me of doing this work is I finally hit a point in my life where I feel like I don't have to fix myself. You know, like I am very reactive and people may don't see it because I don't respond from that place, but I go zero to 60 in my head with plenty of shit. Right. (laughs) And it's like, then the, the difference is now I'm like, oh, that's part of my process. I'm going to be pissy. I'm going to bitch. I'm going to be like, who can I talk to about this thing? And then three days later, and now it's gotten the point where I'm like, it's like two hours later. Like, okay, you're totally wasting your time. And a friend and I, it was an exercise for my therapist. And like, now we go, all right, hold on. I need to go to drama class. And we just run and get as stupid and dramatic and the world is ending and I'm horrible and I'm dying or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, you're an ass. Like this, this is fine. It's just like, It's funny, my my uh, my middle daughter, she's eight. She uh, anytime you correct her on something, so like she makes a bad grade or doesn't do something she's supposed to, she just automatically goes in. So what you're saying is you hate me. What you're saying is I'm no good. You know, that's just her dramatic reaction. But it's it's funny now. You can just predict like this is how it's going to go, and then five minutes later, you know, she just has to go through that in order to get it out of her system. And then five minutes later, she's fine, and we're we're okay. But yeah, it's just. It's funny. Everybody has a process, but uh, you might not recognize mm-hmm. your own process, you know, without uh, somebody holding a mirror up to you, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, and you think about where we are today, and I won't go sideways with social media and like, because my heart hurts for kids today. It really does with social. Yeah. It's like, I can't imagine being able to compare myself to people 24 seven when you're in that insecure, you know, preteen to teenager and even early 20s. And I I just got kind of lucky. Both my kids are 21 and 24 now. And I'm like, nah, you know, they, they kind of don't bother with it. It's just not their forte. But it, it, it's, it's tough. And so then even as business owners, because you do see, you know, it's that picture of the iceberg that there's like this little iceberg above the water, yeah. and then there's all this work below it. And so I don't know any thoughts on helping you know, somebody reframe that or think differently about it, you know, th- which is why I'm very passionate about sharing the shit show too. I really, really yeah. am very, I, I believe in that wholeheartedly. I tend not to share it when I'm in it because I don't think it, it doesn't serve me. Therefore, I don't think it's going to be helpful to other people, but you know, it's, it's such a journey and it's fluid and life is ups and downs and it's hard. So I don't know, what are your thoughts for, for people out there in business where they find themselves stuck or maybe they're waiting for that I haven't found my niche. Can I say March is 14 years? And I feel like I have never been more clear that email and newsletters are my shtick. And whatever. At one point it was you know, WordPress. At one point it was podcast. So, yeah, but it was all those things in between that got you to where you are now to figure it out. You know, I think, exactly. I think the, the mistake, I'll, you know, I've seen a lot of people in my industry say, you know, oh, I tried niching down. It didn't work. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. Did I you though? Would, <laughs> yeah, I, I think what probably happened is you pick something because of whatever reasons you tried it for a little bit. It didn't immediately work. So you, you know, you withdrew and started over um, because I think anytime you can be more, uh, you know, dialed into the people you're trying to help, that's niching inherently is going to work, you know, um, but mm-hmm. I think if you force yourself into that, it's going to be harder than if than if it happens organically. Now, you might get lucky. You might organically fall into that in six months, and that would be awesome, and I hope, I hope that you do. Or it might take you 14 years, and there's probably not a whole lot you can do about that other than try stuff. Like, you weren't afraid to try different things and figure out what worked and go all in on something to go, mm, you know what, I changed my mind. This really wasn't it. I'm going to try something else, you know? And it's part of the process, and it's all those experiences added together uh, that end up helping you find whatever that might be. So, 
for me, the advice would be try a bunch of stuff and figure it out and go, go all in on something and see if it works from you. See what you like, see what you didn't like. Cause it's all those experiences together. They're going to add up to something, you know? It really is. And I'm going to attack on that. It's funny. And I'm curious if this is relevant to you at all is when I look at the stuff that I love doing most in my business where I have the most fun, A, that's where the money is. But B, it kind of circles back to stuff I love doing as a kid, right? Like I almost went, I almost was a uh, an art major in school, like a graphic design. I almost did that. And, but I, I truly, and like, I, you know, I do watercolors. I Like I had a scrapbook store. I'm crafty, right? Like, but I mean, I brought back markers from Christmas. I'm like, I don't have anything else, but I'm like, I made somebody a card the other day just for shits and giggles. And so, but it's funny. So like, I, I've, I've got that creative bent to me. I was also, uh, music was a big part. I was singing. I sang like I was really into performing. Surprise, surprise, right? And so I was into that. But it's funny because now I actually wanted, I really at one point in early college, I'm like, I want to do speaking. I want to be a motivational speaker. I want to, I want to do this. So I found a platform for that. The creativity, like you look at the content creators planner, that was born out of me mapping stuff out with colored pens and sharing it and going, wow, there's a market. People are still using pen. Like, oh my God, journaling is like a whole. And it was like these right. happy accidents when I came back to the stuff that lights me up. Right. And so, and writing was kind of a happy accident because I had to write up, people probably don't believe this, but for a solo show, like I write my whole, it's 2,600 words. I write the post out. I don't read it, but you can tell by the way I talk. And I'm like, there's going to be no cohesive flow to a solo show. (laughs) And I was like, wow, right? But it's like, I started falling in love with that. Like I can take four hours on a podcast and just enjoy the, I'm quiet and I'm writing and I'm thinking and I'm processing. And then I get into optimizing the post and whatever. And so I, I, it, it blows me away that all the things that make me happiest and have my whole life and that are innate in me are what I get to do and make money for now. Yeah, I don't know that I draw exactly the same. I, I Of course, I wasn't, I don't know, I didn't like graduate from high school and go into college with some kind of plan. I didn't go into college. I was playing music and just you know, living my best life <laughs> back then. Side note, um, I had about four different majors, just like uh, I do in my business. So there we right. go. <laughs> Um, but I mean, definitely, uh, you know, I've always been somebody that wants to like, I I enjoy starting something new, trying something out, figuring it out, and then kind of moving on to the next thing. You know, I've never been one that like, okay, this is the path I want to take and I want to do nothing but this and become the world's, you know, foremost expert on whatever this topic is. Mm -hmm. So one thing that's really nice about how the community has worked out is if I wanted to test every piece of new, uh, website software and just run an agency, that would be really, really tough to do uh, because it's not very profitable to try something new all the time. You kind of need to like pick a stack of tools, go all in with it, figure it out and uh, move forward on it. Um, But what's nice with the community is it does afford me that, you know, I can test a bunch of things and then share with the community what I found, you know, and then move on Mm -hmm. to the next thing. So I think there are ways that you just uh, innately kind of are able to work in the things that you feel most passionate about when you're in the right situation, you know? And I honestly think that it's a little bit of the difference between men and women too, right? Like my therapist, women operate from an internal place. Men are much more external. And so that I like to try fix thing, you know, where where you can apply that skill set to different things, right? And it it just kind of surprised me, but you know, I think God, Kyle, we're going to have to do a part two of this. Um, but, you know, any final words when it comes to business owners? And I, I really, I just think the thought management and how you approach what you're doing, any final bits of advice? I mean, fail forward. I think that's such a cool saying. Uh, it's been said a million mm-hmm. times before, but y- you're you're going to learn so much from just taking risk and trying things and figuring out what worked and what you liked and what you didn't like that, um the the worst case scenarios you might play out in your brain are very unlikely to happen. You know, uh, that is your mind kind of playing tricks on you. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, I wish I would have tried the things I wanted to try a lot sooner, right? And instead of waiting on yes. it. So I think there's always opportunity in that and you'll find out what works and what doesn't. And you're going to find out a whole lot quicker if you just try than if you sit and think on it forever, you know? 
Yeah. Pontificate and plan and plan and plan. My last bit of advice is to be easy about it. I, you know, it's none of this is the end of the world. It's, it's just not. And you'll find out that most people aren't spending that much time thinking about you anyways. No, they're really not. Absolutely. No, they're not like, wait a minute, Kyle did something in 2011 that didn't work. So I can't buy this from him. He failed. Right. You know, and last thing, this is Alex Ramosi. There's a great book called hundred million dollar offers. If you guys haven't read it, but he said something that I was like, Oh my God, people who are where you're going or ahead of you are never looking back and judging you. Right. No. So it's just a reminder that the critics, it's, it's kind of the man in the arena right? stage, right? You know, the, the speech it's, you know, the credit goes to the man in the arena. So anyways, Kyle, it's always a joy to talk to you. <laughs> we're going to, one Absolutely. of these days, we're going to hang out and have some beers together. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm down for it. All right. Uh, you hang on Kyle guys. Thanks for listening. Hang on and I'll have all the outtakes and all the links will be in the show notes. Thanks so much, everybody. <laughs>